Honey, you're ruining our kid, the parenting podcast from the Irish Man Abroad Podcast Network. And go loud. Can't believe it. It's episode eight. And I honestly, Tina, I didn't think we were going to get to record this week. So oh. it was the state we were both in. Oh my God. Yesterday and today, talk about black and white. I thought I was dying. Well, it was like the worst hangover of all time. Oh no, yeah, it was just the worst I've ever felt in my life. I've never felt that sick. Do you want to tell people why? Well, we went and got our COVID vaccine. Boosters. Yeah, my Booster, my five. You think a boost? Yeah. You're gonna feel better after. Oh, I guess we were really cocksure of ourselves because, like, this was my fifth one. It was Darla's fourth one, and we've never, like, we've never had to change our lifestyle after having a booster because it's never really felt any different. I nearly died. But was, I absolutely nearly yeah. died. I was properly fainting, nauseous, uh, headache that no amount of ice packs or painkillers could reach. an ice pack to her <laughs> yeah. An sure. ice pack that's meant for your leg. Yeah. She had it velcroed around her oh heart. Oh my God. And I she could, said, the, the ice pack is doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. The, I couldn't even see, I couldn't even watch telly because I was seeing double of everything. But uh Jarlis hurt his back, but not from the running, of course. It's Jesus, it couldn't be the running that's done it. Who knew that sciatica mm. is a I side effect? Hundred percent, think you've made this of the the booster. Some people apparently, because of the swelling it produces, get sciatica. Tina maintains because you went for a run. Two runs. Because two runs. Everything that's evil in this world, Tina traces back to me doing too much running. That's not true. I just thought you know maybe you shouldn't go for a massive training session mm. after your vaccine. Yeah. You went to that. You had pain in your back, and then yesterday with the pain in your back, you went out for a run. And I was like, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> you married me. So. <laughs> you can't say that. We were laughing about this yesterday that we're married 13 years now. But when we first got married, I couldn't say anything to Jarlett, but he'd say, well, you married me. Married me. <laughs> I'd be like, that's not OK to say that. Look, it, it's been a mad 24 hours because. Yeah, I'm I so grateful didn't... today not to feel like I'm dying anymore. I didn't see it coming. It, it also didn't help that we had the full on like we've seen both the NHS now and oh the my HSA God. version I didn't even know you were going to bring this up but like on fucking hel- believably hel- head melting mm, the experience of getting oh hard. my so just God explain to people I don't know heading. if it was just because we're in Mead because I'm from Mead I'm allowed to say this but Mead people aren't the easiest to deal with most of the time it was head melting in England. In you go, there you go, out you go, right? Mm-hmm. In Ireland, so far, HSE ring us, tell us they booked us in these appointments. Really grateful for that. Amazing. They rang us. Amazing. Clear. Really nice. They, I popped up on their radar as someone who needs extra protection. Very grateful. Very grateful. So we make our way over to Navin. Oh my goodness. It took an hour and a half, did it, Jar? There was no one else there. Straight in the door and it was straight into, why are you here? You don't look look sick. Why why would you need this? And when you are a parent who, as everyone listening to this knows, you have like, I've got to get this done in 30 minutes. Yeah. He's got basketball tonight. And he's got homework. He hasn't eaten yet. Yeah. Suddenly it's like... We, I was brought into an interrogation room. Yeah, and then I was brought in too. I was like, we didn't even make this appointment. It was it was weird. And you're right. I was getting stressed out because per Mikey did all this homework to get through. I honestly thought it was going to take five minutes. And uh, basically they were saying things like, uh, you know, oh yeah, this is what happened in the end. An hour in after answering a hundred questions. And I was like, I didn't even make this appointment. Like they were like, uh, I said to the man, is it dangerous? Is that why you don't want me to have this? And he he, said, he was like, classic most direct yeah. line you've ever heard. I just need to make sure you're uh, entitled to it. I don't want you to be getting anything that you're not entitled. And I nearly set the whole place on fire. That would have been bad. That would have gone down badly. <laughs> I was so angry but at that the point. The point is, we got a free vaccine. Uh, yeah, booster. we're very lucky. We're very uh, lucky. Totally but right. We nearly died because it made me think <laughs> as well that if you. If this was just a tiny smidgen of what this bloody variant that's doing the yeah. is like, 
uh, you don't want to catch the thing. But Jar, it was weird because while we're in different separate boots getting a hundred questions at us, they're interrogating our son, yeah. who we aren't allowed to go out to anymore. Asking him all sorts. It was really not Why? okay. When he moved. Yeah. Like really, really and truly, <laughs> if you've ever had the experience, please email yeah, in. Yeah, it was people fun. crossing the line into what you're allowed to ask. People. And being told you don't look sick when you're not well is it's probably the most annoying thing anyone can say. Like, oh, so I should have, I should have made myself look sick today. Well, here's the thing, right? This does tie into what we want to talk about yeah. in the first part Sorry, of the show. Self. Because this is obviously a cultural change for us. We yeah. are a reverse crocodile dundee <laughs> our way back into Ireland. There is certain things that we had to prepare our son for, for when he came back to Ireland. Mm. The idea of slagging. Yes. You know, yeah. kids, kid, I was telling Mikey early doors before he got back to this country, yeah. kids are going to slag you. They love ripping the piss out of each other. Yeah. And well, to the point, Jarlett, where we would take the piss out of Mikey and have to say things to him like, no, Mikey, we're just trying to get you used to this because when you're back in Ireland, which now I think is completely unacceptable that we even did that. Mm. But we did. We spent a lot of time kind of getting him ready for piss ta- getting taken out of yeah. you on everything. Mm. People being super sarcastic. I know this is maybe just generalised, regionalised to where no, we're living I right now. I don't think it is. And uh, now I feel awful for the child because he is getting the piss ripped out of him a lot because of his accents. Yeah. And, and why, he's taking it well, but... Well, why would you have to prepare your child? Well, it's only now with hindsight that we're looking back yeah. and wondering, where is the line? Well, you're but worried he'll be no crack. Where is the line between slagging and bullying? Yeah. The question, the first question that kind of arose naturally in our own lives. Yeah. That it's like we had to prepare him for kind of low level bullying yeah. in a certain kind of way that mm-hmm. Irish people will call it crack. And that's yeah. like, Jeez, ah, you're, crack. No crack. you're no crack. And you're no crack. why can't I say that? Uh, and I quizzed Mikey at breakfast the other day about yeah. well what what do you think bullying is and what is slagging? I thought his answer was excellent actually because he said bullying is consistently mean behaviour you know the same person consistently every day and mean behaviour is just the odd thing or you know slagging the odd thing but yeah I do feel bad for him like I do think he's enjoying his life here I think he's getting used to the different sense of humour but it is a very different sense of humour and you worry I don't like that we did have to prep him for it. Mm. But, but uh, I, you know, sometimes when you're living away from a home, yeah. uh, whether you're Irish or not, you are trying to adjust to what people regard as funny. Like in Germany, mm. when I was there, it was a much more droll sense of humor, yeah. dry sense of kind of out of the side angle of the mouth kind mm. of jokes. And that you were, we were. What we thought we were doing was preparing him for what's regarded as funny. But I, and the modelling of slagging takes yeah. place at home. But you know what it is, Charlotte? I had obviously buried it, but I grew up in Navin and I forgot how sarcastic people are in Mead. I forgot. And I keep saying this to friends and I said it to a friend the other night and she was like, that's completely the reason I can't move home there. I couldn't. I couldn't go through it again. Because I'm from here and I'm remembering now what it's like, it's, they're not, they are offended if you take offence because they're completely just being like... Messing. Messing. Yeah. And, but it's very, it takes a long time to tune into that because you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But then I met this lovely friend from school. Mikey had a football match the other day. They got trashed by this other team. But... Um, Mirren, who may be listening to the show today, I don't know, she said she is and that was lovely. I nearly started crying when I saw her. It was so lovely to see such a friendly face. And I was saying it to her as well that I forgot how sarcastic people in meet are. And she was laughing saying, yeah, you do forget, I suppose. But yes, yeah, high level sarcasm here. And that's why we were preparing Mikey for the piss being taken out of him all the time. Okay. What does it all mean? I mean, I, I think that uh, some of this... Um, behaviour of parents at home Mm. seeping into what kids do at school is uh, it reminds you if there's any answer to this question it does remind you as a parent that when you're taking the piss or slagging what you see on TV 
you just become more aware that that is then going to become their language of humour. You are the ultimate model. You're the role model of behaviour. Yeah. This is why in the past you've said you don't like pop idol, um, strictly come dancing or any show that involves judgment. Because essentially, are you or are you not by watching those shows, teaching your kid to be critical of creativity? Yeah. And, you know, a few weeks back when we talked about parents joining in or on the bullying with the kids or parents instigating the bullying, we got so much feedback from that episode. So many people got in touch to say, yeah, they've either seen it or they've realised they've been part of it. And um, I don't know what to say about how do we arm our children to not only stand up to bullies, but to not be a bystander when they see another child being bullied without them ending up being bullied themselves. It's so hard. Very tricky. Like, I feel like I'm always talking about the sheep and the wolf. And I've always tried with Mikey to make sure he's not just a sheep who follow whatever else is doing, that he's brave enough to be the wolf. But um, it's that in itself is a very tough um, thing for a child to carry on their back because I can see it all over him now. He's a new kid in sixth class. Being the wolf is tough when you're trying to make friends. Mm. Look, this is such a sensitive area because there'll be parents listening to this going, well, my kid is being bullied. Right yeah, now well, that's why we're I'm speaking about this in general terms because we got so many emails asking, how do I help my child? They're being bullied. I've gone to the school. Mm. It's not changing. Yep. I don't want to change schools because that in itself is, that's a stress the kid doesn't need. Yeah. So we thought we'd start the show by talking about it in general terms. The only advice I have for you if your child is being bullied or you feel like bullying is starting is that keeping, making sure your child feels like they can tell you everything without you showing how emotionally involved you are, mm. which is so tough. So tough. Yeah, you mean not going, I'm fucking believe I'm not yeah. fucking ill. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that makes it even seem way worse to what this kid's already feeling. Yeah, we know, we know you have done that. I've done that too. I've said, that's it. I'm going down to that Coming school. Coats on. <laughs> Kick that kid up the hole. Um, yeah, um, that's the first thing. The second thing is you definitely, definitely let that kid know that this is, you know, this is part of life. Mm. There are people out there who are very unhappy. And we don't want to feel sorry for the kid that's bullying them. But there's probably something awful happening in that kid's life. There's a reason a bully is bullying. Not an excuse. It's not an excuse. But it's why when you do go to the school, which you should... And I hate when poor parents have to go to the school and the school don't even seem to be aware of the bullying. That is just awful because open your eyes, teachers. One job. But um, they need that school, you would hope, will take very seriously what's happening to your child, but also start thinking, well, why is that other child bullying? There's something not right there. We've got to help this kid because they're unhappy. Only an unhappy, troubled child will bully another child. And then you got to tell your kid, you know, unfortunately, this is part of life. You're mean things get said to you. All the time. But you also have to arm your child with knowing how to cope and react and not to take it in. But, uh, you know, it's that wolf and the sheep thing again and not to care so much about what other people think. But if they're being bullied, that's serious. And you do have to get the school involved. Don't get the parents involved without going to the school first. <laughs> because... It's just too tricky. The school are so well armed in how to deal with this. They should be anyway. But also just letting your child know you're not the only child this has happened to. It's happening to a lot of other children. You are not on your own. That it's, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. You're a great kid and mommy and I love you so much. But you're not on your own. This happens and we're going to arm you better and we're going to help you. And we're going to get through this. It's not okay. But, and to explain that whole thing of this other child is probably really unhappy, which is true. What if your kid comes to you, Tina, and says, this was said to me, mm. and you know in your heart, that's just a bit of slagging. What do you say there? If you, well, like if what? You're, if you're reading your kid as being hypersensitive, mm. like th this is where the question of when is slagging yeah. is such a tricky one with no definitive answer. 
Well, slagging is, bullying is repeated. It's like if that child does that to them every single day. But slagging, like, yeah, you're right. It can be bullying if it's repeated. Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, you kind of just have to be honest with your child and just be like that, you know, that person thinks that's their idea of humour. Yeah. You don't find it funny, that's okay, but they think they're being funny. It's unfortunate. Because that is an unfortunate sense of humour. Yeah, what you did with Mikey in relation to the slagging of him for his English accent yeah. was you literally role-played it with them. Yeah. When the person says this, here's what you say. Yeah. And that is, in a strange kind of way, equipping your kid with yeah. some form of toolbox. Well, I'm always saying this, I'm always saying that you need to spoon-feed them every single thing you want them to do. Mm. They are relying on you to give them the instructions. Mm. They need it. Just like you'd follow the instructions for a recipe, you need to give them every single instruction for how to behave in this scenario. And I said to Mikey that you say, well done. That's how I sound. Very good. All right. Well done. Okay. And it's worked. They backed off. <laughs> yeah, he'd kill us for letting, so we're talking about this. Well done. I'm going to have to use that on hecklers now in the future. It's like, what did you say? Well done there now. <laughs> well Have it a great night. Jack. I told him uh, to say, you're getting very good at the accent. Very good. Thank you. Really good. Big improvement since yesterday. <laughs> and then just own it back. But uh, yeah, I guess never reacting with sadness, just trying to maintain a demeanour of indifference. Our first question is a little less serious. Yeah. Let's be totally honest. Uh, we had a mom get in touch because you can send in voice notes to us. You still remain 100% anonymous. Yeah. That's always the agreement. You submit a question here. We never reveal who asked it. One mom sent in a voice note and it's not the only time that we've received something similar to this. But she says her son is obsessed with his willy. <laughs> we will not talk. stop talking about his willy. Asking questions about his willy. Touching his willy. Showing. <laughs> what does she do? Is her question. Please help, she says. I know. And it's a, like, it is one of the hardest questions we've had because let's be honest, when does that stop for? <laughs> <laughs> Tina, I stopped involuntarily showing you my way many times. Long, long ago. But, uh, and in fairness, it was the only way to get you to. <laughs> Oh my God. So we moved through. <laughs> uh, but this is a fascination that all little boys have. It's yeah. A oh, little hose well, off also, their body. It can be a comfort thing for boys. I mean, definitely every early years teacher knows that a lot of the time when you're working with a little boy, you will at some point have to say, can you put your hands on the table? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. They're constantly judging well, themselves. That's the relief for this month. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very normal. Very normal. What she's, I sense that what she's worried about is public. You know, at home, I would just say, just ignore it. Tell him to go wash his hands. It is. Public exhibition. Yeah, public. You know, he's obviously very proud of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it probably is a comfort thing to him, you know. Um, so my advice to her. Sometimes, surely. Sorry to jump in. Oh, it's a shock factor. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. Stop talking about your <laughs> And that is getting Big laughs yeah, at and, some point. And also, I think, you know, if daddy's in the picture here or there is a male person, definitely this is their job to deal with. Because as moms, we tend to panic because we've never had a willy. And, uh, the m- or maybe we have. <laughs> okay, you're being super silly. <laughs> I'll cut that out. And... Uh, uh, we've never had a willy and um, I think it it would be nice for dad or whoever, whatever man person is in this boy's life to maybe sit down and explain the rules of, you know, well, we're, you know, we don't show our willy to everyone. Are and we- how unhygienic. How unhygienic is so disgusting. But yeah, if you say that to a boy, he'll just be prouder, I think. Um, and that, you know, we can't be touching it and we only hold it when we're going to that we're washing it. Very similar to this. I do remember us knowing a particular child. Mm. Who wouldn't stop talking about poo? Poo, 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 everything was poo. And I felt at that time that the obsession was that it was getting a big reaction from oh, mom yeah. and dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's taboo. 
Is it not? It's um, like he knows. I think there's a big difference between poo and showing your willy to someone. Like but, obs- but he's obsessed with willy. Like that other kid that we know that's obsessed with boobs. Well, that was my favorite question we ever got in. We never <laughs> talked about it in the podcast, but this mom. And that definitely never stops. No. <laughs> <laughs> this mother was like, her child is only three or four or something. And mm. says things to her like, she said that he says things like, can we go to the beach so I can see some boobs, mommy? <laughs> And she doesn't know what to do. And I just told her, just, you know, give that nothing. But it's very funny. I said, in time, you'll laugh. But it, at the moment, she said, he's just breast obsessed. But like you say, he just needs to, his daddy, maybe again, or whatever man, to sit him down and tell him what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So the wider question, Tina, is around manners. Yeah, it is, man. And what's appropriate behaviour in society? Yeah. Definitely. And this child doesn't know that. Of course he doesn't. Children don't know. They're relying on our gro- their grown-ups to tell them. Jerry, you're looking at me like... What's, what's polite and what's not? Was it very sad for you when you weren't able to show your willy anymore? I don't think that day has arrived, <laughs> to be totally honest. Um, no, I definitely think you see young lads touching their willies the whole time. What is with those teenagers who kind of have their hands down their pants? Well, there you go. Walking. I mean, the, that, the hands down the pants to keep the hands warm Ugh. is what they... Uh, but I can't walk by one of those boys without going, what are you doing? Like, I'm actually going to get myself into a terrible situation. That's the way I think about the toddlers. Yeah. And that it does reflect bad on the dad. Yeah. Because whether the kid is pulling his pants out of his butt or fiddling with his willy. Yeah. Like, it is on you. And someone with authority to go, enough, enough now. But like you said. Yeah, but it, it is. To, he's getting off. Yeah, and you can see why the mummy's so shocked. Because as a woman, it is shocking. Because you, you, you like, you're not, it's not something that you've grown up thinking about, you know, really mm-hmm. that much. And, you know, so you're like, that's why it does come down to the daddy to say, look, we don't show willies at all. Yes. Yeah, so Keep them in our down. pants. The yeah, dad sit them down. down. Yeah. And says, we don't do this. Yeah. And, and it, what if he keeps doing it? If he keeps doing it. Well, he probably will for a while. He's in a good habit of it. Do you put on like extra tight underpants? <laughs> no. You just say, pop your willy away now. That's not okay. You know, don't give it a laugh. He's obviously getting loads of laughs for it. I loved that question anyway. It made me laugh. She will laugh about it in time too. And they'll laugh about it together. But at the moment, obviously mommy can sit down with him too and explain the rules. It might just be easier if it's a dad who has a willy. Do you do a chart? We've no. mentioned charts a bunch of times. I don't think this like, is a chart. No. That's Come a strike. On. You've no. pulled it out once. We don't want to make him ashamed of his willy. It's okay. I really want children to be comfortable in their bodies. We don't want to add any shame to this or pressure. Just, you know, you don't show that to people. Put it away. You know. Just be very matter of fact. He's obviously gotten a lot of laughs, a lot of gasps. Mm. You know, it's a bit of a hoosh for him now. Um, you know, the same with your man who loves the breasts. I'm sure that they're like, oh my, he's got older brothers, they said, who find it hilarious. Mm. You know, kids but love to make people laugh. About it, though, just to finish on this, the talking about it. Talking about like, let's really... say he's not whipping it out the whole time. He's just talking about it a lot from her voice note, which we obviously can't play. It seems like Willie talk is yeah. another problem here. Yeah. And... <laughs> I think that might be harder to to nail down because I'm sure there are people listening who know, yeah, I can't get them to stop bringing this particular thing up. Well, I think that from her voice note, it's obvious that, you know, it's very funny. But what she needs to explain to him is, OK, we can laugh about that kind of stuff in the house, but we can't share those jokes, jokes in public because some people will get offended. Mm. And somebody might give out to you yeah, for saying those things. Upset someone. You might upset someone. And mommy's trying to keep you safe and I don't want anyone to give out to you. So let's save those jokes for when we're all just together. Because it does sound like she's finding that part funny too. And that's okay. Everyone has differences. Like we all have our own jokes in our family that, you know, I don't want anyone to think they're doing the wrong thing, having a joke, letting their child joke about their willy. But like, yeah, there's places where it's okay and where it's not okay. And we just want to keep you safe. We don't want anyone coming down heavy on you saying, what are you doing talking about your willy? Yeah, what kind of a house is that? Yeah. All they do yeah. is talk about willies. Yeah. He's old enough. He's four. He's definitely old enough to understand the rules. This question uh, comes in from an anonymous uh, stepmom. Who says, and I can really relate to this question because I have an absolute bastard of a sweet tooth. 
is the only way I can describe it. All of my attempts to get fit and be healthy have been scuppered by my love of chocolate and sweets. And chocolate cake. And cake and biscuits. I've never seen someone like cake. I love all of it. And I don't actually like cake at all. Because I wasn't really allowed a lot of these things See, that's the problem. as a young lad. But here we go. Incessant pestering for tweets. Tweets. For tweets. (laughs) Incessant pestering for treats. A five-year-old extremely picky eater and highly stubborn. Sounds like they're getting on a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) She's obsessed with sugar. Again, being a stepmom and not the full-time mom, it's hard to do. And I get that. That's, you know, to be the baddie, right? Yes, yes. But... Maybe you have some ideas for how to approach our house, our rules, without becoming the evil dragon. I mean, there's so much in this question, right? Because there's so many, look, being step parents and being that person who is only there for some of the time. Yeah, and also exceptionally hard. This lady is taking it very seriously, obviously, and probably because, you know, she's stepmom and she's putting this responsibility on herself, she's probably taking all these rules way more seriously than, a, you know, the pair, ma, the Bert mom would mm. uh, because she's just trying to get it right, you know. Um, yikes. Uh, picky eater, obsessed and snacking. Well, that's so hard, isn't it? Because we've talked about this a few times. If you make it, if you utter these snacks and treats and stuff, like you just said. I'm like me. You become obsessed. You become one of those child hoovers you see at parties where they're on the ground on the tables. <laughs> I've seen that so much in my pockets, filling my pockets under the table. I'm not saying we got it right at all, because I think everyone's always trying. But it definitely was something in my mind the whole time when we were raising Mikey, because I had seen it so much from being a teacher and having parties in the class. I'd seen the damage done to the children who aren't allowed sweets, who aren't allowed biscuits. So we never didn't allow them. They're just in the cupboard and Mm. they're there. They're not a thing. And it's worked out pretty yeah, good. That horse well, for us. It here. That horse yeah. Oh, I get that. I get that. I'm just saying, if anyone's listening and they're at the start, definitely not uttering these things is great. Now, what this lady could do is, first of all, if they're not in the house, you can't have them. Right. So they're just not. Don't buy them. Don't buy them. You can't keep begging. And you can buy there. if she really needs this stuff, and you're trying to phase this habit out. Buy healthier uh, treats, like you know, buy stuff that you know she'll still like. Um, it'll appease whatever she needs at that time but put them in the cupboards I don't like rules on food I just think that's dangerous you put rules on food all of a sudden it they develop an anxiety about having more or, or having more food and you just don't want to any of these patterns to creep in Jarlis got his hand up because <laughs> I have an idea okay now Tina is obviously the brains of the operation as I always say here like she's the one with the knowledge Right. Here's my idea. And this comes from uh, one particular health kick I was on where the advice was, you can have treats, but you've got to make them. You have to cook them yourself. That's a nice idea because that would be a great bonding. Bring them together. Yeah. Of course, you're going to have treats today. We are going to bake chocolate eclairs. I like chocolate eclairs. Easy when in real We're going to make Bailey's Cheesecake. <laughs> I was like, chocolate eclairs. They just have a hankering for chocolate eclairs. Yeah, right straight away, I was like, let's go to Avoca. <laughs> let's press pause. We're going this to Avoca. This podcast is sponsored by Avoca, I should say. <laughs> um, what you call, um, that's, I actually love that idea. I love it. I because was Jew, Tina. I was Jew. <laughs> well, after all that willy talk. I don't think I've heard you say, that was a good idea in um, 22 years. <laughs> but uh, I love that idea because that's a great bonding experience mm. with them. Children love to bake. They love it. It also will help with the picky eating if she's more involved in the food. I definitely say do the tacos, taco dinners. I We are, like, I love all the emails we're getting tacos. about. Tacos. You know. Tapas. Oh, my God. I want tacos. That's all it is. Yeah. Tapas. Sorry. Tapas dinners. Do the tapas dinners. We're getting so many emails in from parents going, game changer. It yep. is a game changer. Again, wasn't my idea. Something another parent told me. Yes. This house needs to do the tapas meals. That way, again, 
it takes away the pressure on this child. Mm. It's less controlled. She can pick and choose what she eats and she will start being more adventurous. So yeah, there's my advice. Dinner time, lunchtime, breakfast, try and make it more tapas. And they're empty, picky eater side of it. Give her the empty bowl, the empty plate, let her choose, let her feel you're in control of what she's eating. She's in control of what she's choosing from the table. As long as there's something on it, you know, she'll definitely eat. She's safe. She's going to be fed. Then with the treats, treats, I love Charlotte's idea about baking, get her involved, easy things, rice crispy buns, stuff like that. Not eclairs, (laughs) so hard. And then also have treats in the house, but not. Crazy well, treats, no jelly. Agree. I don't agree with putting the treats in the house. I oh. think that if you're a stepmom in that situation, surely it should be a case of this is our thing. It's a special thing we do. There isn't treats in the house at all, so I can't be begging for them. But I know that when I come to my stepmom's house, we have the best time making our own treats. Yeah, making is great and all, but I don't think it's realistic to not have anything in the house. I think also she could phase out the treats, but if this child's used to coming and there being stuff in the house to eat, I mean... But you were the one that taught me Yeah. that... And Tina taught me this trick so many times so early on in our son's life that you can distract... So easily yeah, and di- so quick. Distraction is brilliant, but I'm worried for this stepmom because I know that she just wants the child to like her. She doesn't want to be the dragon. I think there doesn't have to be loads of treats, but one or two different things that if, you know, in case they need something and just no rules on those treats. Okay. Don't even mention them. They're just there. Like, don't mention the treats. You know, when the child brings it up, yeah, put in that distraction thing. It's an incredible tool. You distract a child so easily and they forget what they were cribbing about. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Shouting about, crying about yeah. straight away. But uh, I love the baking idea. I would not have told her that. I feel so proud. <laughs> I actually, and it's the first, it took us eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. I actually provided an answer that wasn't me saying, tell the child to cop off. <laughs> <laughs> Next question uh, comes from another stepmom. This is great that we're getting to yeah. deal with these. We actually stepmom. are getting loads of aunts and uncles and stepmom and stepdads. In. Yeah, so keep them coming. Yeah, in. honey, you are ruining our kid at gmail.com. This question is probably the most zeitgeisty question we've received. Okay, it relates to the genderization of toys. Oh, stressful. Uh, yeah, stressful because it's a real problem. It's they a real reckon problem. that toys have been more genderized in the last twenty years really? than ever before. Even back in the days where it was bow and arrow for the boy, dolly for the girl. But that wouldn't be parent led. I'm sure that's more that's getting people to buy that's industry. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean the fact that there's Lego friends. Mm. Why wasn't Lego just good enough? for everybody we had to make a girl's lego uh it is a big issue now with toys so this stepmom gets in touch and says that her five-year-old is completely single-minded when it comes to what she sees as girl stuff inverted commas Mm -hmm. and boy stuff she disregards any toy that could possibly be considered a boy's toy just Flaps it away. This is all grand, but recently she started taking the piss or slagging, as they would call it, her little cousin who likes to get his nails painted. Is this just a phase? Should I just not worry about all of this? Or how do you talk to her about all toys being for all kids and boys can get their nails painted if they like? I don't know uh, where to go with this, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to ask. Any help would be much appreciated, Tina. I love that she directs it to Tina. No, <laughs> again, Jar doesn't have a foot in it. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is something I can quite confidently say is industry-based, this genderization of toys, because I've worked in early years for a long, long time. Uh, the classrooms are all, the environments are always prepared for the children. Um, and you never, ever, ever see a child naturally come in and be more in love with one toy than the other. 
they'll just experience the classroom as a whole. Yeah. The boys... They don't go, I'm a girl, give no. me a unicorn. No. And the boys and girls tend to play with the exact same things, play together, the exact yeah. same games. It, it's incredible. And uh, so unfortunately, it's an adult-led thing as far as I'm concerned. But unconsciously, I don't think there's many adults anymore still consciously saying, you're a girl, you play with Barbies. Mm. You, do you really think that? I do. Really? I think, you know, I think we even know people in our lives who wouldn't like to see their boys playing with pink. Wow. I'm kind of shocked because maybe it's just because I'm around loads of teachers and early years people that I would think that's a day of the past. I don't I don't think so, Tina. And I think that uh, it's a problem that probably anonymously, even anonymously, people won't bring up. Wow. But there's still a fear among certain parents that their child could grow up gay and have a very difficult no. life ahead for themselves. Yeah. Well, now, I, I, I'm obviously, I'm not, I have a little whole load of data in front of me to back yeah. that up. But I do know, just as there's the same way that there is very archaic mm. racist thought out there, there is very archaic sexist and homophobic. I, I don't think it's evenly balanced. I do think there's more a movement of parents letting their kids just... Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like... Things have changed. Yeah, and I, I completely have witnessed it myself in the classroom that children come in. If anything, iPads and all these games have made it even better in terms of them playing when they come into a classroom with anything they can get their hands on. And because they're not used to playing and mm. earlier teachers now have to spend their time teaching children how to play because they've been, all they've been exposed to is screens. Isn't that nuts? It is really sad, actually. Like, I, underdeveloped hands is a problem. Like, what? they're coming in with pudgy, pudgy fingers because they haven't been drawing or building or anything. They've just been, oh, oh screen. Oh, yeah. But anyway, the thing is, I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. Boys and girls don't distinguish between things naturally. I just don't believe they do at that age. They play with whatever they play with and they play together and it's all games and fun. Girls play with cars. Boys play with the dollies, the train set, everything. It's just all mixed in. So what about this kid? Well, it has to be coming from a grown-up. A grown-up has to plant these in. Now, there is a thing that some girls are just really, really girly girls and some boys are really, really boys, boys. And they just want to be digging and covered in mud all day. And some girls want to be a princess all day. Yeah. Some are in between and some boys want to be princesses or kings or princes. And some girls want to be covered in mud all day. But I definitely think that this is something that she's just kind of heard or been told or encouraged to feel. And with this mom, this stepmom, I would just say that when she says things like that, that all you have to do is come in and say, oh, well, actually, you know, Boys and girls are allowed to play with anything they want. And boys are allowed to get their pay nails painted too. He's just, it's just, an ex he's just experiencing that process. He's just having fun. It's all just fun. Yeah, I know you hate when I do this, but like if we go, like your, your answer is, what makes a lot of sense because you hear what you're saying. Mm. But when you're faced with um, multiple kids in the room, for mm. example, yeah. There are three kids that have gone, one's trying to pull down the shelves. Right. One kid's trying to escape the house. One kid keeps putting his mouth up to the dog's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very right. stressed out household. Right. But I'm just saying that you want to be able to go, oh yeah, sure. You know, loads of people get their nails painted and you're trying to spin all these plates around mm. the room. And just to play devil's advocate for a minute, I think it can be exceptionally hard to get that point across in the midst of all of this and also just to defeat what you say has been planted the kind of, you can't uproot that seed oh you can of course you can well hold on if she's going that's a girl's thing that's yeah. girl getting yeah. your nails you is girls that's girls you can I know you can because I've had to do it I've had kids come into my class who think those things because they've been told it at home and I've had to re-educate them and you just expose them to different stories or different lessons and you show them how every gender can do everything. And, you know, that we're boys and girls are equal and we all like different things. You can completely re-educate them to it. Mm. You And you have to. It's a responsibility. It's hard, but it just means constant reminders. Every time she does it, you just say, 
that is how I know you love girly, girly things. And I know you think that only girls can get their nails painted, but that's actually not true. And boys can get their nails painted too if they want. Mm. And that's okay. And she, and you can say things like, and if you want to go and roll around the mud and build with diggers, you can do that. Girls are allowed to do that thing too. You're just reprogramming her, reprogramming her to know. You can do whatever you want. There are no limits to being a girl. There are no limits to being a boy. Very good. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a super answer to the question. As always, I hope this has helped this mom. I'm not finished though because I want to say something. Something I have seen that is a little bit worrying is moms who won't let their girls be girly. Okay. The other. So, yeah. I've seen that a lot. Moms who don't want their girls to like anything princessy because they want their girls to be into boy stuff. So completely the other way. Yeah. The complete other end. And of I feel it. like we need to just get comfortable with just accepting the kid we have. Yeah. If your little girl wants, wants to, to be, be a princess, princess, just let her be a princess. Why would you fight that? If your little boy wants to be into diggers, grand. If your little girl is dinosaur mad, grand. If your little boy is into Barbies, that's fine. Just let your children be children. They're just playing. Mm. They're just having fun. They're just getting to know who they are. But it's when you're like, oh, God, no. She, sure, I don't like anything like that. Why would she? Like, mm. no, she's an individual. She's a tiny little individual person. Just let her be herself. This is different, though, because this is actually having to reprogram the child to know. No, 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 no. There is no rules for mm. boys and girls. Exceptionally hard for the step parents yeah. situation because it's. So she can do know, it gently, gently. Houses yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I hope that's a help to you. Um, I have a question with Halloween on the horizon. Mm. Uh, I've got a question here coming in from a couple of dads that I've been talking to. They're not emails in, but they are questions around Halloween, the nature of costumes, and what you will and will not let your kid dress up as. <laughs> Very spooky time of year, Tina. <laughs> uh, spooky. Tina loves when I do voices. I really don't. Well, I do not like my voices, Tina. It's a spooky time of year. It's not just you, it's anyone doing voices. What's not to like about voices? Just use your own voice. <laughs> <laughs> Same way, uh, <laughs> listeners, Tina also doesn't like singing. I do like singing, just not in, in churches. churches. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. It well, is a spooky time of year and it's also a time of year when it feels like anything goes in terms of the costumes that kids want to dress up in. Mm. Now, in our day, it was witch. Yeah. <laughs> Hobo. Yeah. <laughs> which again was so insensitive anyway. Uh, which was a black bag over the head, hat, mask with an elastic band around the back. Mm. Or in your case, you know, Hulk Hogan. I was Hulk Hogan. <laughs> which with was a black bag. <laughs> a black bag and a Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan mask. mask. I thought I was uh, the business. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, Remember how sweaty your face used to be under those masks? Oh my Lord. And the smell oh, of plastic. And what were we inhaling? Um, my question and the question that I've had from a couple of dads that uh, I... You I won't pretend say how you're I dad hang friend. out with, but I, uh, I do. Right, that was really cruel. Oh, didn't like that one. Don't cry. Um, so my question that I've gotten from a few different dads is the predicament that they find themselves in where the kid wants to dress as something hmm. that's just not possible or not going to reflect badly on them as yes. were they to facilitate it. And... This kind of impending deadline. Now. You mean uh, Halloween? Your child wants to dress as it. Yeah, or Chucky, yeah. or something or other that they've seen, and it's becoming getting to the point where the kid is going. It'll be the worst Halloween ever if I don't get to do what I want to do. Um, I just think that if you don't think your child is old enough to watch or watch those films or read those books, don't put them in those costumes because they will scare themselves. They'll get a huge reaction to, from other people and mm. like your kid's not ready. If your kid is 10 years old and wants to dress as it, you tell them, you're the parent, you say no. Mm. Why are people so afraid to say no to the kids? That's not happening. You're not old enough. Mm. That's too scary. You're not doing it's that. like that time you were saying, um, Mikey just wants to wear these clothes. <laughs> and I, did. I looked at you and said... He's not going to the shops and buying his own clothes. <laughs> he dressed like a gentleman for like years. Top hat, cane, every it was so weird. Well, I it was so cute though. 
Uh, yeah. But like it is very simple answer and that just saying no and no, it is just say no because you're it is you're gonna be the minute you the consequence of them sulking and being like I don't wanna do Halloween well, now. Then I'd be like, Grand, you're not doing Halloween then. Fine. That's just if you wanna have a sulk about it. That's un like if you allow your child to dress as something like that, you are you have to be ready for them then wanting to see the film. Mm. and having an unhealthy interest you're actually protecting your kid which is your job to say no you're not ready for that yet you're mm. just not and so the follow up question here are the options here here's right so you present them with other options yeah and you make those more attractive than this rubbish idea that they have <laughs> to go as pinhead or as freddy krueger yeah um halloween can be very tough for a lot of families in that it can be, you know, can cause an awful lot of fear. Like you were shown certain films mm. as a youngster that you shouldn't have seen. Yes. But again, it was reflective of the era where, yeah. you know, you kind of went into a video shop and they would rent you anything you wanted. Yeah. So you picked the scariest thing you could find on the shelf because you wanted to live on the edge. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> even think we were picking scary things. I just think we were getting the latest movie out that week. Yeah. 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 But parents who are concerned or the parents that I've talked to said that they worry that Halloween last year produced a lot of nightmares. Mm. How do you do that? How do you navigate that time? Again, the same thing with you're not old enough for that costume. You're not old enough for that movie. But you're not old enough for going around the place and seeing mad stuff on the trick or treat. Well, you have to make sure that they understand what Halloween is. Like, I think it's really important to explain what the tradition of Halloween is, the tradition of the pumpkins, the tradition of putting on masks. Mm. And then just explain that with time... You know, it's all gone a bit bonkers and now we can dress up as whatever we want. Some people go funny, some people go serious, some people go really scary. Mm. But it's all just dress up. Really explain that to your child. Properly do. And then just try and say, you know, and we're just going to try and have fun. But you're in charge of the fun for your child. Mm. You're in charge of what houses they go to, what they do in their own house and what movie they see. So be mindful of that. What can your child cope with? And I got a little surprise for you. What? I booked the Tato Park Halloween Did event. you? <laughs> yes. When? All three of us are going to go to the Halloween. Now it sounds like we're sponsored by Tato Park. Yeah, yeah. We really aren't. And we live really close to it. And I actually sent Tato Park an email saying, we live, we're your neighbours. Give, give us free tickets. Give us a discount for Tato Park. And they were like, we don't do that. And I was like, well, that's bullshit. And then they said, stop emailing. Guess what they did? <laughs> yeah, go into Tato Park. <laughs> Halloween. So we can't use my name for any time we get in touch with Taylor Park now. No. So I basically had a spat with them about giving us. So we're not. That's so exciting. I'm really excited, but I will be terrified. I I think it's going to be a bit of fun. No, no. Jarla, tell people what you do to me. This is how on edge I am the whole time. Jarla loves to sneak into rooms and stand behind me. I'm a soft stepper. I will turn around and have an actual heart attack, fall to the ground. Jarla yeah. will leave laughing. I don't do it that often as I could. Like, I see a lot more opportunities to do it. So you do do it on purpose. So I knew it. We may as well go into full disclosure here. I knew you did that on purpose. So full disclosure this week is you want me to stop uh, sneaking around the house scaring you. Yeah, I think that would be nice. It's horrible. You once nearly killed Grode Farley. Yeah, he, lay, he actually lay on the ground clutching his heart. Yeah, Jarla lived with Garod in Edinburgh during the festival and Jarla does this thing where he's in the room. I got him like three times. It's like he moves like one of those people, you know, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Do you remember those dream people who went around and like, the fuck, how did you get here? It's horrible, Jarla. Yeah, I, I, Sorry I, I appeared at the door when Mikey was brushing his teeth the other week oh. and it was the best one because he didn't know what to do. Probably now he swallowed his teeth. Yeah, he got such a fright. He went in and closed the door and locked it and unlocked it three times. <laughs> It's actually not funny. It's really not nice. Oh, well, it's a spooky time. <laughs> so, uh, like last week, what was it you asked me not to do last week? Was oh, there was a bunch of things. Some bullshit. <laughs> about, uh, I can't remember what it was. Can there was you? a bunch of stuff. Bunch, yeah. Bunch of stuff. Well, I just said to you now, stop creeping around. That'd be great. My one for you. Yeah. Mm. There's nothing. Hmm. Oh, well. I'm trying to pick through. The, oh, yeah. to pick one off. Oh, well. The list. It's the end of the show. <laughs> um. Thank you, everyone who's gotten in touch this week. We really love the emails. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening and subscribing and sharing because we are in 
all the charts now. I'm well, very did, excited about that. Here we should we should point out that we were uh, not in the charts <laughs> <laughs> when we realised we were listed as something we are not. Yeah. This is a family and uh, what was it? Family and parenting. Yeah. Section. We were listed as something we were not. Yeah. So this this show is finally appearing charting in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, worldwide. 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 Prestige. Prestige. Worldwide. Worldwide. (laughs) Keep subscribing, keep rating, keep commenting and keep passing it on to as many people as you can. I don't think anybody will take an insult to being passed, honey, you're ruining our kid. Because, you know, our goal here is to have fun in this situation. Mm. Because, as we've said before, nobody's really qualified to do this. No. And even with Tina's expertise, she isn't wagging her finger telling anyone this is how it's done and what you are to do is this. Never, because... When you get in touch with the show, she emails you a set of strategies that might work for you. And if those don't work, she'll get back in touch again with others. Because there's a hundred ways to skin this cat, which is a beautiful expression in reference to children. (laughs) But uh, Tina, I know that you're... Still loving doing it. Oh, I love it. And I feel like I'm making friends because, you know, they were building this. The, the relationship builds up because yeah. moms are and dads are keeping in touch. They're getting back to me and I'm able to get back to them. So it's really nice. It's really good. Lovely. Well, look, we'll be back uh, after the Halloween break, I guess. We this, this show Get a week off. Through the, uh, it works on the basis <laughs> of we'll appear when your kids are in school because we know that when they're off. Uh, all hell's going to break yeah. loose and you won't have time to listen. So we'll be back after the midterm break. And, uh, and you really don't enjoy have it. any foibles with me. Mm, not this week. Mm. I can think of one if you want me to pause for a second and think of one. Is it my complaining? Do you know what I'd like? Okay. We talk a lot about picky eaters on this show. Uh-oh. What? We really do. Yeah. Tap as this, tap as that. Mm-hmm. You're a very picky eater, Tina. I know. There's a load of places we're not allowed to go. That's not true. Won't eat it. What place will I not go? <laughs> There's loads of foods that we're not allowed to have, that we're not allowed to cook. Onions. Do you want to get a little bit more adventurous with what I you think eat? that I will admit I was a very picky eater as a kid. I only ate chips and tomato sauce sandwiches. Okay. I know <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> uh, well, no, that was when we were out. It, at home, I just have to sit there till I finish my challenges. <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm really good now. I try everything. No, you don't. I just don't eat onions. Onions are disgusting. Anyway, that's it for this week from Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid. Please get in touch again. Uh, big thanks to D Ready at Go Loud, uh, to uh, Tina and Mikey, of course, for making it all possible, and to all of you, our anonymous emailers yeah. and listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid is an Irishman Abroad podcast presented in association with GoLab. Editing, research, and production by Jarlock and Tina Regan. To support the continued creation of this podcast and to hear even more Irishman Abroad podcasts, including extra bonus episodes of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid, why not consider supporting us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad today. Don't forget to email Tina your questions on Honey, You Are Ruining Our Kid at gmail.com because, hey, let's face it, it's hard to raise kids not to be gobshites.